Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Dr. Joe Sornborger, Executive Director, and Dr. Christopher Crisera, founder and creator from Operation Mend. All right, everybody, welcome to Medical Spa Insider. And this is Alex Tiersch. Appreciate you all joining us. Um, we are very um, lucky and excited to have on the AmSpa hotline today two very special guests from Operation Mend, which is an incredible organization that we learned about, um, gosh, I want to say about four or five years ago, that many of you uh, who are listening have probably uh, supported, whether you knew it or not, but they are a group that provides um, physical and mental rehabilitation services to wounded uh, veterans that come home um, from various parts of the world with, with with injuries, we were attracted to them because number one, their their their, their mission, what they do, is incredible. But also, there is um, some some relationship to aesthetics and, and plastic surgery and what we do. And we thought that it would be a great great way to tie that in. I'm going to let um, our guests tell you a little bit more about what they do. I am thrilled to have Dr. Sor Dr. Joe Sornborger. Saidi, Executive Director of Operation Mend, and Dr. Chris, Christopher Crisera, who is a board-certified plastic surgeon um, at, at, and um, is one of the, the, the founders and the creators of Operation Mend. And, 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 and Dr. Crisera, I'd like to, to start with you because I know we have been um, working with, with Operation Mend for you know probably five years now. Um, I haven't had a chance to really get to, to, to get down there and see what you all do in, in person, but I know um, Kathy Christensen, who's our COO, she has. Um, but I would love to hear a little bit more about what it is that your organization does, because it, it, in, in, in your own words, because I, I could... I won't do it justice if I try to explain it because it's really exciting. It's really powerful. I think it's really fulfilling and I think it's something we should all be very proud to be in. So, so Dr. Crisera, tell us a little bit about the orange origins of this and how this all came about. So origins, I mean, we're, uh, it's remarkable looking back It's 15 years ago. Um, and the program has really grown and evolved a lot. Uh, but you know, those, those early years, 2006, 2007, sort of the height of the Iraq conflict and um, there were a lot of devastatingly injured servicemen coming back from the Middle East uh, to the military treatment facilities in the United States. And uh, the main burn center for the military is in San Antonio at uh, Brook Army Medical Center. Um, one of our hospital board members, who's a philanthropist and benefactor, uh, went down to Brook for the dedication of the Fisher Houses, uh, which are resources for families to be housed while their relatives are being cared for. Um, and he toured the facility and saw these young men and women with these horrible burns. And, you know, that impacted him dramatically. And then he comes home and a couple of weeks later, there's a, a story on Lou Dobbs about a, a very dynamic and, and um, eloquent Marine who's undergoing treatment at Brooke and has profound burns on his face, but, you know, a spirit that just came through the TV. And um, he was with his wife, Maddie, and Maddie poked him and said, we should do something about this. And so uh, Ron Katz approached the dean of our medical school, Jerry Levy, at that time about this idea. Is there something we can do? Jerry Levy went to my old division chief, Tim Miller, uh, who ran the plastic surgery division here. Tim is a, a retired Army veteran as well. 
we said, no brainer, let's do it. And, uh, you know, we were supported very strongly by their hospital administration. We made a pitch to Brooke. We went out uh, as, a, as a group uh, in 2007 in October. Uh, and we met with the administration out of Brooke Army Medical Center and, and said, hey, you know, we can be a resource for you. And it, it was the timing was fortuitous for them. I mean, they were doing this heroic life-saving work, you know, on the, the vanguard of, of burn care, saving men and women who have 90% total body surface area burns. I mean, it's just amazing. But there were a lot of guys who survived these injuries that had a lot of needs for ongoing reconstruction after they got out of the hospital. And so, you know, we said we can help with that. And they didn't have the resources at that time to really address those patients. So, you know, they said, okay, let's, let's try this out. And they started sending us a handful of patients. And, um, and, and so that was the, the growth of the program. It really started as secondary burn reconstruction in the plastic surgery division. And I can imagine the, um, Number one, they're just the, the the psychological impact of having these injuries, the 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 impact of having somebody step up and be able to help you, but then also just you know in in modern day healthcare, the cost of having to do that, um, to have your organization come in and help these folks, I think is 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 incredible. Where has the program developed since then? You started with kind of burns, um, but I know there's you work with amputees. You you now you've you've brought in um, some of the the psychological aspects. You, you 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 talk with work with caregivers as well. Kind of wh- wh- where have you grown? And, and then I guess the next question after that is, what's the what's the end result? What's the goal moving forward? Yeah, I think both of us probably will have to weigh in here. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, as we started to interact more and more with these patients that were coming through, we realized that they had a whole spectrum of needs. You know, it wasn't just reconstructing noses and lips and 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 eyelids and. Um, you know, they had orthopedic injuries, um, they had brain injury, they had, you know, uh, understandable mental health needs. Um, and, you know, one of the beautiful things about the story of the program is the way that it was really embraced by the UCLA health community. And every time we had a need, we could, we could find a specialist, uh, in our community to, to, and they, they, you know, were excited to be involved. Um, and so, you know, out of that, you know, we developed, you know, whole treatment arms for spine care and, and orthopedic, complex orthopedic and hand surgery um, and, and brain injury uh, diagnostics and mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say it makes um, our industry, you know, worrying about what to charge for Botox or lip fillers seem a little, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes more insignificant than it is. But Dr. Um, Sornborger, you, you, I would love to hear your thoughts on on that and kind of the development of Operation Men. And then I think what I would love to, to get into with you also is because, number one, as, you're, as the executive director, you're, you're, you're obviously kind of your hands are in a lot of the different pieces of, of what you're doing. But um, your background at, in, in psychiatry and psychology, I think, is... Um, um, is is really key here because of um, the the mental trauma, the PTSD, all of that 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 that, that happens um, to to soldiers who come back from from war is is oftentimes as 
or more impactful than than the physical injury. Um, how did you first get involved with with Operation Mend, and and, and what do you think about um, kind of what the what the next steps are for 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 the program in, in going into the future? So, Dr. Casera, I um, you know started out saying that that there was a lot that we didn't know as far as two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, working with Brooke and the military and uh, Veterans Administration. And what we we weren't familiar with was the psychological impact of those injuries, not only on the warrior themselves, but also on the family. So I was brought on board in 2009 to really start thinking about and assessing how Operation Men can address some of those psychological needs and I think it's important for the audience to know as well that 80% of our warriors come from outside the state of California. Mm-hmm. So when our warriors were coming for treatment at UCLA, it was very brief treatment. And then they went back home to their local health care team. So we considered ourselves and still do uh, an extension of their local health care team. So it the essence of Operation Men truly is family. And so it was very consistent with who we are to include the family and the family member. So here you have these young warriors and their families coming out to Los Angeles, um, oftentimes never, you know, having experienced a large city mm-hmm. and they were alone for, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks here. And having um, the family member and embracing the whole family from a holistic perspective really made sense for us, especially because these families went back to their local community and it was the caregiver and those family members that was really going to do the post-surgical uh, support. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we found when we were assessing our warriors, one, that it was critical that we also assess the family members, their psychological health and see what we could provide while they were here, but connecting them to their local services. And what we found was that the caregivers who often became caregivers overnight, um, you know, these are, were young and are still young families, twenties, thirties, forties, that didn't anticipate becoming a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, when you have one family member that has a critical injury or illness, the resources of that family go to that one um, injured person and at the expense of the rest of the family. So what we found was that our caregivers were also meeting criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression. And at that time, you know, the first few years, they had indicated to us that no one ever asked them, what's it like for them? Mm -hmm. How do we improve their family dynamic, their family functioning as they're caring for their chronically ill or injured warrior. Mm -hmm. So we started paying attention to that. It's got to be overwhelming for the families, I would imagine. Um, You know, in many ways, just as overwhelming as it is for the actual patient. I'm curious, just if if you could kind of um, let me know what's kind of the the the, the process. Let's say I'm a, I'm a veteran out there that I, and and for some reason I listen to this and I've got an injury. What do they? Um, are you do you take applications? Are you selective? How does it work? Like how do folks get into the program? 
first, we, we don't have a waiting list. Okay. And our um, the, it's 100% no cost to the warrior, the treatment that they receive. So um, the warrior or caregiver um, can call Operation Mend. And what we do is we set up an intake. We treat post 9-11. Um, and there's an intake and, and we assess from that point what their needs are, uh, physical injury and psychological injury. And so our focus is military specialty care. And I'm going to punt this to Chris so he can define what military specialty care is. Yeah, so I mean, we, we, we don't look to sort of recreate you know, the, the military healthcare system. We, we look at ourselves as kind of a, a resource, mm-hmm. a, a consultant um, that can sort of give streamlined care. So toward that end, you know, we, we want patients that aren't getting the care that they need through their local resources and they're bumping it up to us um, so that they could take advantage of everything we have here at UCLA. So you know, we have a multidisciplinary team, um, Plastic surgeon, orthopedic surgeon, hand surgeon, spine surgeons, brain injury specialists, and uh, mental health specialists that, that sort of screen every patient coming through. And we have a meeting and talk about them. Is this a good candidate for the program? Um, could they benefit from the care that we have here? Um, and then we sort of make a plan for what, you know, how we're going to map out their initial visit. And then we bring them out for consultations and evaluations. And whatever pathway they need to be plugged into. Gotcha. If I could add, a, a significant part of our program also is um, wraparound care. So when we're looking at what the plan could be for these warriors and their families, we're looking at what their treatment landscape in terms of psychological health, physical health, and how can we connect them? So there's a tremendous amount of case management mm-hmm. and um, connecting them to not only local services in terms of healthcare, but also psychological support, as well as um, veteran support, connecting them back to a VA, sometimes reintegrating them, um, as well as other veteran service organizations that we partner with for additional support. The, um I, this, seriously, this is amazing. You guys are doing um, in, in incredible work. I, I'm, I'm just to kind of set a little context. Um, um, what is, uh, and I know we, we can all imagine we, we've seen specials on on TV. We, we've seen you know footage. What what types of injuries are we talking about from a psychological and a physical um, standpoint? And I guess uh, Dr. Cressera, we'll t- start with you too. From what like what, what are we looking at here? From like what are these folks going through? That so maybe in a way that we can kind of understand really what the impact of what you're doing is. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's profound. Um, you know, in the, in the early years, it was a lot of burn and blast trauma, predominantly head and neck and extremity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these were incredibly complicated cases because of the you know, nature of the initial trauma being horrible. Um, but then also these patients have had all of this acute life-saving burn care at, at Brooke and other at Walter Reed, other military mm-hmm. facilities. Um, and so we're picking up the ball and some of these patients have had 20, 30 hundred operations before they even come to us. Um, and so, you know, part of the process is to, like we go through with all plastic surgery and reconstructive surgery, you know, assess 
the defect, define what the needs are, and then try to lay out a plan to reestablish form and function. Um, and, and I mean, I think that that essentially applies to orthopedics too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like when, when they have bad hips and, and shoulders, um, you know, they, and, and they've had prior treatment, you know, we're figuring out a plan to why it didn't work, what we got to do to fix it. Um, and so the early years, a lot of like heavy duty burn and blast secondary mm-hmm. burn reconstruction, um, currently a lot of the surgical cases that we're seeing are, Patients that were treated 10 years ago and are now 10 years older and their burns have evolved and changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have ongoing needs to maintain the form and function that, you know, we mm-hmm. helped start to reestablish. Um, and then, you know, a lot, a lot of orthopedic stuff uh, mm-hmm. in the past five or six years, that's really been a growth arm of the program. Yeah. That's interesting to think that, um, you know, when we when when I think of what you do or 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 you know recovery from uh, wounds at war, I'm thinking the immediate care. How do you get kind of you know treated as best as possible? The the idea that that you know ten twenty and now we're looking at twenty years right from of 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 some of these soldiers who have come back. Um, they 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 likely do need additional things or, or revisions or, or or additional um work done and and I, I to be honest I've I've never really even even, even thought about it. and and I, I don't want to get too much into anything you know controversial or political but what's the um these these veterans that come back from from battle um why um and and, and you all getting involved in, in helping them in this really profound way what's um. Why aren't these folks being treated like you know? Why why aren't all the veterans? And, and I'm not expecting you to know the answer to this necessarily. But why aren't like why do we have so much difficulty treating these veterans? And 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 why is it that we need to rely on um, good folks like you and, and your 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 operation men to come in and, and help these folks? Do you, do you have any insight into that? Like why are we in this history in the first place? It seems counterintuitive to me. Uh, let me ask sir that from the psychological injury perspective. Yeah. So. Um, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder wasn't a disorder until 1980. Yeah. Um, and what we found with Vietnam veterans was that it took about 10 years for them to seek treatment for their psychological injury. Mm-hmm. What we didn't anticipate was that that same time frame would occur with post-9-11 veterans. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it gets underestimated the re-entry from military life to civilian life Mm -hmm. and it is not typically at the forefront of a warrior's transition to be taking care of their psychological injury Mm -hmm. so it still takes about seven to ten years for warriors to recognize the severity and the impact of their psychological injury and so part of the why aren't they being treated mm-hmm. when they get home mm-hmm. is in part access to care. That's mm-hmm. still an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, barriers to care. Mm-hmm. That's still an issue, but also the, the um, stigma mm-hmm. and the, the recognition that the, their psychological injury has not only impacted them, but also family mm-hmm. and typically family is the, uh, Often the instigator of treatment. Okay, I, I want to I want to jump into because yeah. I think it's important to recognize that you know the the uh, the care that our servicemen get when they come back 
is state of the art. I mean, yeah. like the, the life saving care that they get at Walter Reed Brook, you know, is is there's no place better in the world, mm-hmm. not even an academic center. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, likewise, the VAs around the country are are very well staffed with with incredibly competent physicians and mm-hmm. surgeons to, to care for these patients. Mm-hmm. Not every VA is the same. Mm-hmm. Some, some have greater resources than others. I mean, like a lot of our faculty here work at the VA in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you know, so it's the same surgeons and physicians that mm-hmm. are seeing these patients, but there are some inefficiencies, you know, in the delivery of care, the timing of the delivery um, access as Joe was alluding to. Um, and so, you know, yeah, so like, why do we need this? Well, I mean, we are a resource to streamline that process. And, and, and sometimes there are uniquely challenging cases mm-hmm. that may be better served at a multidisciplinary center with, with experts. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and, and I would imagine, I not, I mean, the, the, the types of, of injuries and, and things that you're dealing with are probably as complicated and extreme as you can get because you're talking about these such, such incredible, um, trauma. Um, Dr. Um, Soren Bodger, I, I would love to, 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 to ask a little bit about, I, I asked Dr. Crisera about kind of the nature of some of these, the, the, the conditions of these folks who come in. Um, the, the caregivers and the families, w- w- when, they, when they have someone who has gone through this type of, of experience, um, I, I'm very interested to hear that it takes sometimes seven to 10 years for them to really even understand the, the, the patients at least kind of, you know, what the impact is going to be. What, um, what are some of the things that you've noticed like that, that the, the families and the caregivers most need when they come in? Um, like what's their, pri- I mean, what's their primary, um, the, the issue? And, and it's easy for me to say, okay, obviously there, this is such a tough thing. You're, you're, you're de- dealing with, um, someone who's, I, I took care of my mom when she had cancer and passed away. So I know that, but like, what's the, uh, what are some of the things that you've learned about, about what they need when they come in? If that makes sense. It does. Um, you know, by definition, military families are profoundly resilient. Yeah, yeah. That's the good and the bad of it. So the the beauty is that they are resilient. The downside is that they soldier on, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's all branches, not just the army. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they do what needs to be done. And you know. Caregivers are quintessential multitaskers, mm-hmm. so they they just do it. And over time, what happens is that it breaks down the family dynamic. And you know, a hallmark of of having post traumatic stress is being emotionally disconnected. So over time, that impacts the whole family, including children. And you know, children are also oftentimes caregivers. We call them hidden helpers. Mm-hmm. And so here you have a family that has a lot of emotional disconnection, has a lot of confusion about what to do next, and know that they want to make changes to become the cohesive family that they likely were prior to the psychological and physical injury. So when the families come to us, they are looking for answers. They're wanting to understand where this emotional disconnection comes in. And how can they regain their family functioning where they're mm-hmm. supportive, where they're respected, and that they have a voice and a place to talk about how this has impacted them? Mm-hmm. And that's what they haven't had. Mm-hmm. 
And so in treating the whole family, we're looking at that. How does at the same time, and I think that that's one of the, the gifts of Operation Mend, and we're still the only um, intensive treatment program in the nation that includes the caregiver as a 100% participant. So the warrior's coming for their psychological injury and the caregiver's coming for the psychological injury that that is stems from mm-hmm. the, the dysfunction of the family. Mm-hmm. And so we're treating them together. And the trickle down is that when they go home, reintegrating back into their family, especially those with children, that those skills that they learn are for the whole family, mm-hmm. including kids. Dr. Kasser, um, um, one thing that was mentioned that I thought was interesting was that um, w- w- veterans, warriors are, are resilient. I think the families are, are going to be naturally resilient. Are there um, are there any obstacles or, or, or what, what are some of the challenges that, that, that you're seeing as far as getting some of these folks? I, I can imagine I've got, you know, family who, um, you know, who just kind of, they just move on no matter what their injuries are, whether they're sick or not, they just keep going. Um, are, 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 are there, are there challenges to getting some of these folks in to recognize that there is help or, or, or is that, um, um, as I think as I saw it in, in one of your videos, are they open to asking for help, um, right away, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, my, my perspective is a little bit biased because they're through the front door for the most right. part when I've seen them. So they're looking for help. They're, they they do have hope, um, but they are guarded. Um, and you're taking them, you know, outside of their comfort zone, you know, in the structured military environment uh, or their families and, you know, relocating them here to Los Angeles. Um, and, and so there is a component of needing to establish trust that, that we can deliver on some of the things that we want to do. And I was alluding to the complexity of some of the reconstructive challenges. Oftentimes we have to stage the, the steps of the reconstruction, you know, and, and do, you know, a part of the operation in order to set the stage for the next one. Um, and, and that is actually helpful to them because they get through that first step and they see like, okay, I, I healed as planned. And as you continue down that pathway for the steps of the reconstruction, their trust grows and their, their confidence in their family grows. And, you know, there, there, there's another part of their healing. You know, the physical rehabilitation is obvious, you know, being able to mm-hmm. eat, being able to breathe better. Um, like those things are obvious, being able to move, move your hand properly. But the um, emotional rehabilitation is is magical to watch, and and seeing their confidence grow, and um, their ability to communicate with their families and their and participate in their communities, um, that's really a, a, a wonderful thing to watch. We dog them if we haven't heard from them. Mm. We um, don't forget them. And so that's a critical part of the care that we provide. We're paying attention before, during, and after their treatment and for years after to make sure that they are getting the care that they need. We check in. So it really is that, you know, continuity of care. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting the patients in was is, is establishing that level of trust with the military treatment facilities. Too. Yes, yeah. And, you know, they naturally 
you know, they have honor. They want to take care of their own, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't want us to usurp their responsibilities. And uh, and for them to let go is mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, over the years, we tried to show them that, you know, we're not trying to steal anything. We're just trying to be a resource for you. And um, and so we have some good partnerships over the years that have grown because of that. But sure. that's always an obstacle. Yeah. And I would also say, too, that, that that would be true with the Veterans Administration. Mm-hmm. You know, we partner with them um, and we link our, our warriors back to the VA for the longer term care because we don't do longitudinal care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a critical partnership that we have. So we... Um, um First of all, we've been rolling for almost a, a half an hour here, so I, I, I want to be sensitive to your time. And I know you're both super busy. Um, you're both, um, you know, highly educated professionals. You know, affiliated with 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 some of the best healthcare institutions in the world. Um, and um, I, I'm one of the things that we talk about in aesthetics, and it's uh, again kind of just thinking about you know, fillers and Botox makes it's, it just seems like we're on a totally different level compared to what you're doing. But one of the things that we always talk about and that people always tell me is, is how much fulfillment they get from increasing somebody's confidence, from increasing somebody's ability, you know, to do things. I would love to hear from both of you. Um, you know, you're, again, you're, you're, you're so accomplished, but some of the things that you've seen, the lessons that you've that that, that, that you've learned from from treating some of these folks um, from start to finish over the course of 15, 20 years, I'm curious. Like, how, what does that what does that do to you as just as a person? I mean, it's there's got to be such incredible fulfillment um, and, and overwhelming emotion on, on various ways. I I don't want to dig too deep into your psyche, but I'm curious. How does this all make you feel to be a part of this? Because um, it's really. Um, it's really extraordinary being able to help people, even the way that we do it, the way that you do it, I think is, is, is beyond. Um, and, and Chris, let's start with you and then, and then Joe will go over to you. All right. I don't want to wax too long on this, but, um, (laughs) yes, you know, I, I do a lot of cancer reconstruction. I see like patients going through cancer care, various stages, horrible oncologic challenges, um, and, you know, to, to, to deal with those cases on a daily basis, like, you know, inevitably we become a little bit calloused, you know, like, okay, here's a reconstructive challenge. I got to get that fixed. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, the, the unique thing about this operation mend patient cohort is, um, it slows you down every single time. Um, and you know, when you see these young men and women whose lives have been changed by you know, their, their injuries and their families, um, and and with their with their with their their wife, their young wife, their baby, their parents there with them, you know, with hope that you can put some pieces back together in their loved one. Um, you know, it 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 gets to gets me back to the purest motivations I ever could have had for going into medicine and wanting mm-hmm. to become a surgeon, and um, and so that's that's the real deal. That's gratifying. Yeah. Dr. Sorenberger, what about you? What about you? You know, it, it's this population. I, I'm a trauma psychologist by training, and it is so humbling to work with our warriors and their families. Um, the the trust that they put in us, and it, the gratification of seeing their hope is immeasurable, and. 
every single warrior that's crossed my path, I have learned from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they make me laugh so hard. I'm literally bent over laughing because they have phenomenal senses of humor and no matter how colorful it is. And it really is humbling with the amount of trust they put in us. And, um, and we laugh with them and we cry with them. And mm-hmm. we don't give up on them. Mm-hmm. That's extraordinary. Um, I we were, uh, you know, honestly, this is this is incredible what you do. We have, you know, in our industry, every not everyone, but but there's a ton of providers. Um, obviously, we're we're business owners. What can folks do to get involved if they want to learn more? If they if if they want to do more to help, what's the best way to get involved? We're going to be doing another another um, kind of fundraiser drive here in the coming months, um, so that's going to be one way. But but aside from just kind of donating, is there anything? else folks can do to 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 get involved well i think what one area really is referring patients to us we mm-hmm. truly don't have a waiting list there's a huge need out there mm-hmm. and uh word of mouth is you know our our greatest asset so if your folks have knowledge of other post 11 warriors or caregivers that could benefit from um our program absolutely send us send them our way going on our website looking at um, some of the services that we have and and what our process is as we've mentioned you know operation mend isn't and has been 100 percent donor funded so we have you know five dollar mom and pops that are so critical Mm -hmm. all the way to um, major uh, foundations and veteran service organizations that support us so What's your biggest What's your biggest need right now? As far as is, is are there um, is, is are there things that you're looking for? As far as whether it's a PPE equipment, things like that. In any, any, we're fortunate by having this, uh, you know, the program kind of under the umbrella of UCLA Health. So we okay. have great resources gotcha. here that you know we can tap into. Okay. Um, you know, it's just the it's just the expense to yeah. you know take advantage of gotcha. those technologies. Um, you know, periodically we we are contacted by. You know, people around the country who say, "Hey, man, I have a uh, a new scar treatment modality for laser or something," you know, like in that, you know, a, a pain management uh, mm-hmm. technology, um, and and those are kind of resources that that potentially have value to this patient pool too. Um, we have a, a, a marketing campaign that we're um, in the midst of to increase referrals. So, oh, you know. Money and patience is is what our need is. Yeah. So the we're fortunate that we you know don't have a lot of guys getting blown up and burned right now in in conflict, and thank God for that. But you know um, there are a lot of people that have been injured you know in our prior conflicts that uh, may not know about the program even now, and so um, you know that that's a need you know to to Mm -hmm. continue to get the word out and promote you know us as a resource. I mean we're we're going to continue doing what we do and um and you were asking about the the future of the program yeah. i mean i think i think that that's a big part of the future of the program is to uh, continue to assess the ongoing needs of these young men and women who have been you know had life altering injuries as a function of their service is there a um is there uh are, is it necessary to be 
um, either a 9-11 um, warrior uh, or a, a veteran of a, of a conflict. The reason I ask is, you know, nowadays we're seeing, you know, with all these mass shootings, there's there's so much of that going. Is there any any barrier to what people need to, to, to have gone through in order to become part of your program? Or is it is it just kind of open? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, we are, our grant um, is to treat post 9-11. Um, so their service has to have been, okay. you know, September 11th, yeah. 2001. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I really appreciate both of you um, taking the time to talk to, talk to us. Um, I know that folks are going to be um, super excited to hear from you. We're going to have more information on Operation Men. Please, please go to their uh, website to see, to learn more about them. There's lots of videos on YouTube about what you do that are, that are great. Um, we're going to provide more information, more resources, but thanks both. Uh, thanks to both of you for your time. I, I, I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Dr. Joe Sornborger, Executive Director, and Dr. Christopher Crisera, founder and creator from Operation Mend. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.